0: Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone, Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Braves reporter, Mark Bowman. And we're in Florida for the winter meetings together. It's always nice to do these podcasts in person, but there was snow in Atlanta this (laughs) week. I just want to start there because this is something that that never happens. Did you make it out of your drive? Did you have to do some shoveling?
1: (laughs) No, didn't have to do any shoveling, but see, I think I've been there 22 years now. I will say that was the first legit snowfall. Now, we've had the ice storms and other snow, but this was one where... Started snow at 10 a.m., and people have seen the pictures of SunTrust Park. There, there was a legit uh, few inches there, and you know, fortunately, my uh, had a street light over top of my driveway, so no need for me to shovel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it melts quick in Atlanta, for sure. All right, let's move on to this baseball team, and obviously, you come here to the winter meetings, and there are some needs. This team's getting close. The plan is kind of come together a little bit. Obviously, there's all the young talent. I don't think 2017 was quite the step they thought it could be, but I think it was a step. So when you get to the winter meetings here uh, heading into 2018, let's go through kind of the goals and what this team needs to do. First off, they need bullpen help.
1: they do. they do. You look at that bullpen. Let's say who could be your closers top set of men. We're looking at Erodes Vizcaino, Jose Ramirez and A.J. Mentor. A.J. Mentor struck out 17 of the last 31 batters he faced last year. He has closers' material. He has all kinds of stuff that you would, can get excited about. He also has two months worth of major league experience. Arodis yeah. Vizcaino, you look, he's been around, it feels like forever, but at the same time injury history. I don't think you, you know, he does not have vast experience. Jose Ramirez has shown flashes where that he can be uh, you know, a pretty dependable guy there in the late innings, but he fatigued late last year. He's really only got one full season under his belt at the big league level. Uh, they need to go add some experience. There is some depth there. They've got a Daniel Winkler, Sam Freeman, some other guys that they can pencil in there. Because their rotation is so young, they're probably going to go with an eight-man bullpen as well. So that's that's one extra piece. You know, they they were wise, I believe, to move Jim Johnson. You know, it was... That was one of the most questionable signings last year, and it really happened at the day, final day of the 2016 season. Uh, their former GM, John Coppola, signs Jim Johnson to a two-year deal because he had four good months. But at the same time, three days later, he got rid of Roger McDowell, the pitching coach, who had fixed him. And I think that's, that's one of those things where you have to question that. Uh, you know, That's why Jim Johnson had clicked... Under Rogers' direction, now to get rid of him, he yes, he was the veteran arm. But I think what you saw last year, there was probably more of that to come. So um, they they just they need to get, add a guy, you know, maybe even a one guy just for you know your sixth, seventh inning guy like a Peter Moylan, But then maybe also go ahead and get a a guy that can handle the eighth or ninth innings.
0: So the bullpen is a need. The rotation is more of a, hey, at some point, I mean, there's obviously this young talent coming up, a lot of starters, a lot of talented arms that people <clears> are high on, but at some point you need that veteran, right? You need that guy that can step out there towards the top. So is the question about timing is is now the time versus maybe a year from now?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, well, I think timing could be right now if the the right piece, you know, becomes available. I don't think you want to, you know, you don't want to make a deal to – Just to make a deal right now, you don't have to. I think next year it's much more important to have that piece in place. But if that piece becomes available this year, you go get it. Let's just, you know, we talked about what kind of strides they make in 2017. In terms of record and everything, there wasn't anything significant. Um, But I think the one thing they could say from a developmental standpoint is, they were able to get Ozzy Albie's up there, up there in the big leagues for, from a lineup perspective. Dansby Swanson was able to go through the growing pains, but the most important thing was to get starts for Sean Newcomb, Luis Gohara, Max Freed, uh, Lucas Sims. You know, each of those guys uh, now comes into this season. Uh, you know, just understanding maybe what what the challenge ahead is. Um, that doesn't mean there won't be more growing pains for for each of them. Um, at the same time. Let's let's put Mike Fultonevich in there. It, like I said, it was yeah. his third year as well, but it was his first full season. He made some strides, so I think that was from that. Maybe nothing. There wasn't anything overwhelmingly great that happened within the rotation, but just to get them those starts, that was important. But now let's take a step back and remind people how young this rotation is. Julio Tehran is the only one who has made more than sixty-five starts. Fultonevich has made sixty-five. The, Third most experienced in terms of major league starts, starter on that staff is Sean Newcomb with 19 starts. Or, and then you're getting down into you know, Lucas Sims making 10. Other guys, you know, go hard free. You'd need to, you know, we, we talked about you, you. It's nice to add a veteran. You need to add somebody that is experienced, is going to eat those innings. And it'd be also nice to have somebody that, that can guide them, you know, just from a day to day setting the example. This is how it's done around here. You know, I think that, you know, Smoltz and Glavin, those they, they were able to watch and Steve Avery as well, they were able to watch Charlie Leibrandt do his thing. You know, it it's just nice to for so many years the Braves had Tim Hudson there, uh, for their young guys to, to to see how it's done. And I think it's nice to just get have that, that veteran voice within that clubhouse, that guy that when they struggle, they can go to him and, and talk to him. And, and guys did that with R.A. Dickey last year. Um, you know, from what I understand, at least from a work ethic perspective, he was important. Sometimes he can't necessarily relate with everything when you're a knuckleballer right. that, that they're going through. But um, I think it would be nice to add that piece.
0: Yeah, great point about it being as <coughs> much personality probably as talent because he's got to fit, he's got to help these guys along. The other spot you look at is third base. They have a third baseman, Johan Camargo. I think showed last year that he can do that. Um, but he could also do other things, right? So it's kind of a decision, and is that decision based on what's available? As far as do we get a third baseman or do we get a utility man, and he's yeah. our third baseman?
1: Yeah, I mean you've got your choice there. I mean yeah. you can go and go either way there because Camargo can play third base. Let's go back a year ago. If you would ask me about Johan Camargo, I was like, might be an interesting piece in spring training, and that's what he became. Yeah, he grew into his shoulders got bigger. He, you know, he. He just physically matured, he, and he became a better player. What was he good enough to be the everyday third baseman last year? Sure. Was he, you know, did he deserve to to take over the shortstop spot there after the All Star break when Dansby Swanson was struggling? Yeah. But at the same time, you know, let's take a step back and let's not anoint him as an everyday player when a year ago we weren't necessarily sure. And at the same time, he can help your bench because he he can play so many different positions. So I think that. Moving forward, you know, you ask about a Martín Prado. Prado's he's he's pricey for the next two years. I think it's twenty-three million dollars. He's coming off an injury-plagued season, but he's still loved in Atlanta. If you can get a short-term guy like that, that bridges the gap to Austin Riley. A lot of people, fans, have probably heard of Austin Riley by now. Um, You know, he's his prospect star is rising. He he did perform pretty well in Arizona. Um, You know, I think that's you're looking at. The question is. Do you put Camargo there and go get a bench piece, or do you get a guy to bridge to to Austin Riley? And then with Camargo, the decision with Camargo influences – you know whether you're probably whether you're going to have to go get two bench pieces or one if he's one of them you're you're only having to go uh, out there on that free agent or trade market looking for one one extra bench piece right now
0: obviously it's interesting when a new front office goes into their first winter meetings and that's what we're looking at for the Braves it it hasn't been that long with Alex Anthopoulos he made a couple key hires to that front office on Sunday but when you compare Capalella to what you've witnessed in a short time with Anthopolis and you look back on what he did with the Blue Jays, um, you know what are the different what is the f- philosophical difference there
1: well I, I think it's maybe too early to, to know exactly what the philosophical differences are just because Alex has come in here and he's, he's he's had to devour a lot of information and I think it's it's probably fitting that his last night before Interviewing with the Braves was game five of the World Series. That was crazy. <laughs> he was probably awake much later than he wanted to be. And then all flies to Atlanta. Two weeks later, he gets thrown into this, this job. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I think Copy and Alex have some similarities. Yeah. I, I really do. But at the same time, I think that that Alex has the benefit of having been elsewhere. He was able to, you know, go to toronto do his thing and every day in in any of us we we learn you know as we whatever job we're doing he can step away he goes to la and is surrounded by a lot of other great baseball minds i think these past two years uh in la probably benefited alex as much as you know more more than he even envisioned and i asked him about it a few weeks ago and he said i would like to have had one more year there you know you you it was that much of a benefit to be able to to be around that many great baseball minds, and I think that you know moving forward, I think he he will continue to be aggressive when he when the time is right. As we saw in Toronto, he was never afraid to make the big deal. Um, and the pieces are going to be here in place in Atlanta for him to to make that big deal when he wants within the next couple of years.
0: There's no question that he takes over this team at a great time with all this young talent coming up. Um, and it is interesting because when he left the Blue Jays he left of his own accord he wasn't let go by them he decided that with the new front office coming in um he just wanted to 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 do his thing i feel like he could have jumped to another gm job directly if he had wanted to it seems like he knew that hey maybe my best move is to go and learn something in another organization what better organization than the dodgers which what you said they're just loaded with with great minds um so he's comes to the Braves and obviously they they lose 13 international prospects um, because of mistakes made by the previous uh, regime. Now those guys are starting to sign around the league and you see them getting bonuses with different teams. Um, How frustrating do you think it is for for an organization now to have to just witness this? Um, All these guys that you had in your lower levels of your system that were being a system that was praised
1: and still is still a great system. Uh, But now you see these players all over the league. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the one step you knew this was going to happen. I guess when the punishment came, you you were at least able to anticipate these guys are going to go elsewhere. So I think the most painful part of the process will be once they start to develop. And, you know, not all 13 of them are going to make it to the big leagues or anything like that. But when four, five, six, or Kevin Maiton or Gutierrez or Soto or one of these, you know, high-ceiling guys – goes ahead and lives up to the, that potential and becomes an all-star, that's going to be the painful part. Yep. So right now, yes, it's frustrating. Um, you take a step back and, and uh, our own Jim Callis and many others have still said, hey, look, they still believe that the Braves had the second best farm system. And I get that from our prospect ranking. They're, they're probably exact, if you look at the top 30 prospects, they still have you know, some of the, the game's best prospects and, and quite a few of them. There was only, they only lost two of their top 30 within the MLB Pipeline's rankings, but I think when we say, you know, how did that affect the farm system, let's not forget, you just took 13 players out of a system. You you lost financially, you don't get any of that money back, we're talking a loss of 20 plus million and close to 30 million, Um, in terms of just, when you look at all the costs, in terms of signing bonuses, everything else and then at the same time as you move forward you don't have that depth. They just took 13 players away from your system, 12 of them that were already within it. Um and now moving forward, let's say 2 years from now. You know, Gutierrez is a, a top one of the top catching prospects. He's he's doing his thing. Alex Jackson's doing his thing. All of them have some trade value. Your a team calls and says we want one of your catchers. You've got at that time you've got three guys that you say we can trade him because that guy's going to be there. Yeah. You know, you take 13 pieces out, that's going to affect you in some way, shape, or form. This was You don't want to just refer to players as currency, but this, this is currency. They, 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 this currency was just taken away from them. So do so they still have top talent within their farm system? Yes, but let's not forget this will have an impact within that farm system for many years to come. And the, at the same time, they basically have five years of worth of restrictions within the international right. market. 2016 was basically a wash now because every you know most of those players were were taken away from them you know these past two years they've been you know restricted because of the money they spent in 16 the next two years after that they're going to be <laughs> dealing with their punishment so it's five years without the without you know much value or really maybe any value on the international market is going to have its impact and I think moving forward that's why you're going to see Alex make more take that money the international bonus pool money and and maybe make a lot of trades over the next few years because whatever value you're going to get with the limited amount of money you can spend down there you probably could benefit yourself by being creative with a trade uh, by using that money
0: it puts a lot of pressure i think on scouting uh, domestically and drafting right because you got to nail your drafts now because you're not going to be able to fall back on no the doubt. international stuff All right this has been mlb.com extras our braves edition for mark bowman i'm tim mcmaster tune in again next week